right before this, we were actually going to have my son tested for ADHD. And then the world stopped. And now I'm like, oh, God. I mean, we had our great days where we were done by like 11 o'clock. It took him an hour. He finished his home, everything in an hour. I'm like, dude, what do you want? I'll, I'll take you anywhere. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, ice cream, candy, cake. I don't care. Dude, this was amazing. Thank you. Play video games. Fortnite. I don't give it. You take it. Here's my wallet. <laughs> I don't want Here's the car keys. But, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely challenging. And my, my husband kept going, we're in a pandemic. You know, it's not like, and I'm like, I know, but he's like so behind on math. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, I don't know. I was taking on my son's homework onto myself. ADHD Rewired episode 340. This is the podcast for those of us with really good intentions and a slightly wandering attention. I'm Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker by training and a coach by design. I'm your host and I have ADHD. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community. We are wired for connection and you are not alone. Go to ADHDrewired.com to learn how you can join us in our free secret Facebook group. Get additional resources for every episode, including links to any resources we we mentioned on today's show. You can support us on Patreon, sign up for our email newsletter, you can request podcast postcards to distribute to your clients and support groups, and you can learn all about our intensive online video-based coaching and accountability groups. You can do all of this at our website, ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. So we are doing something a little bit different today. Um, we have all of our admin from ARC 19, the 19th season of ADHD Rewired's coaching and accountability groups. Um, one of the things that we do with our admin, since they are, they do volunteer to uh, come back after they've uh, gone through the groups, we like to give them a full hour long mastermind. Now, all the admin from ARC 19 were re recur, they've done it before. It wasn't their first rodeo. And say so they were like, they couldn't kind of figure out what they wanted to mastermind. And they were like, how about we just figure out how the hell we're going to get through this year? Um, dealing with COVID, dealing with Black Lives Matters, dealing with just everything as, uh, as Tina has, uh, said, dealing with the shit show. So this is, um, so, it's going to be a little bit different, more of a panel discussion. The other thing is that's, uh, that is a little bit different. Um, we have five people here on screen, including myself. Four of the five of us have an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> I'm not going to say who's who. Okay. So let me just introduce everyone. We got Tina. Hi. And we got Carl. Hello. Hello, sporting a very handsome handlebar uh, mustache, I might say. And we got Marisol. He's also sporting a very handsome handlebar mustache. <laughs> <laughs> they twisted. <laughs> and we got Kat. Hello. You like how I said that really slowly to give you the chance to unmute yourself? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, all right, let's let's just kind of go on and do a check-in because it's it's been a year, right? It has been a year. Mm-hmm. How y'all doing? Not well. Not well. <laughs> well. Sorta. All right. Let's 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 check in with with Marisol first. So, um, what's going on? Um. Well, I was going to say I think uh, probably the biggest. I mean, the biggest thing for me since I teach, uh, teach at a college, 
Um, we went on spring break and never came back. It was bad. <laughs> um, so just a lot of uncertainty with work, um, except for the certainty that I was going to have a lot more work to do. Um, and, uh, and then not only that, but at home with uh, my children at home all at the same time. Um, and then I was also going to have to teach my kids and I'm a teacher, but my kids don't like me as a teacher and I don't want to teach my kids. <laughs> so, um, isn't yeah. it kind of like the shoemakers, you know, kids got no shoes and the, and the therapist's kids are the most fucked up kids in the block. And, uh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, pretty much that and, that. and that, and I'm an extrovert and, um, I love teaching because I love talking to my students and yeah. So, so how have you been coping with that? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, how I don't know that I've been coping with that. Um, there were plenty of days where I was just crying, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, I tried to figure out a new routine because uh, obviously I couldn't go to my office to work and, um, and work takes me extra long. So I'm trying to do work at home. My kids um, are bored and uh and all that and so i tried working at night that lasted for about three days um <laughs> it was not good <laughs> so um honestly i kind of limped to the end of the semester um and i rejoiced when school was over and when my kids school was over i really really rejoiced kind of thing but no coping mechanisms uh i used ash a lot or a study hall. And, um, and again, I tried doing new routines. It was hard because when you're trying to go from no routine to something new, um, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. But I did use accountability with, um, you know, some people in adult study hall and with some of my coworkers. We would text and, and use a, like kind of an accountability group. So, that was so it sounds like you're, what you're talking about right now is how you're continuing to try to get stuff done and take care of responsibilities. Yeah. I want yeah. to also check in with kind of maybe your emotional self. Should we come back for that? Are you sure? You sure you want to do that? I absolutely <laughs> do. But if uh, now this, what I'm going to do might be dangerous. I'm going to say let's put a pin in that. It's dangerous. Cause I'm like, well, I remember to come back to it. We'll see. Um, yeah. Let's check in with Kat. Um, which, which, where am I going? What's, what's my question? Not the, the emotional one, right? The, how, just how am I dealing with yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, when it first started, uh, not good at all. I had already, so when we were ending ARC 19, um, all of you know that I was already in a bit of a emotional struggle and I thank all of you for being there, you know, supporting me and, and knowing and recognizing that I wasn't my typical self. Um, I had, I was really, um, there were a lot of different things going on, but, but the biggest one was that I, I had a client that took his own life. Um, I'm a, a life coach and, um, it was, uh, pretty, pretty devastating. Um, so I was working through that and I'd gone back to therapy. Thank goodness I had gone back to therapy. Um, so when all of this happened and we had decided then, and I don't know if you know this, Eric, I finally, after almost 10 years of not being on ADHD medication, after being on it for a while, I am back on now. 
very happy about that. But um, so that was our first, you know, we talked about that. We talked about, she said, you know, you are um, exhibiting some mild depression and generalized anxiety. Would you like to go on medication for that? You know, this was all pre-COVID. And I'm like, no, I think let's try the ADHD meds. Let me see if that helps enough with it. Anyway, I gave her a call because I said, I am, I'm literally fighting up to three anxiety attacks a day. This is after now I'm home, um, you know, with, with everything with, with COVID. So I was, um, I was home. I was starting to fight anxiety attacks about leaving my house. And I could feel, you know, the, the stuff that I teach is a lot on brain science. So I'm like, I'm very hyper aware of my thoughts and kind of what's going on. And I could really feel that it was, it was becoming, it felt like it was becoming chemical and not situational and that it was spiraling very, very quickly. So I called her and now I'm on meds for both. And I, it's, it's helped tremendously. Um, and, you know, I'm doing things like definitely leaning into Ash. I, I created my own group called Accountability Buddies and we did something. And, and then I, I like was super resistant to it. And I created this for people who just are part of another group I'm a part of. And I created this really cool um, like PDF and did all kinds of stuff with it. And we were checking in on uh, Marco Polo and I did it for about three days. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no. So they're still checking in. I've checked out. <laughs> and, you know, I think the biggest thing I'm doing is forgiving myself a lot and just being, you know, I, I'm in a much better place now. This this stuff with Black Lives Matter, I'm, I'm very, very passionate about. I did a talk not too long ago. My business partner um, is Black. So we are very outspoken about inner, inner, uh, what it, interracial friendships. And uh, we had done a, a talk locally about that. So, you know, I'm, I'm fairly outspoken. Um, so I'm, I'm using that energy to create some things that I know are going to be, um, are going to contribute positively. So that's honestly, I think the biggest thing is being able to um, transition the energy into something positive. But I also recognize that, you know, I'm in a different place. I've got a son that I have part time, you know, he's with his dad. He's very independent, um, got kind of like student of the year award. Pretty excited for him, yeah. I know, (laughs) I know. I wanted to post it on Facebook, but he wouldn't let me. (laughs) And and kudos for first asking him, and double kudos for Uh, listening. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, and there are times where I where he does let me because I get all excited about things, and he's like, "Yeah, you can," but yeah, he's not a big one for attention and things like that. But Ash has been amazing. That's been. That has been probably the absolute biggest help for me because it's it's just me trying to get things done. And I don't have somebody, you know, I don't have anyone to be accountable to. So it's really easy to go off like the rails. Like low pressure and, accountability. Yes. All right. Thanks, Kat, for that check-in. All right, Tina. So um, one of the ways that I've coped with 2020 is... I basically just stopped watching the news and said, hmm. And and so I just haven't taken it all in. And maybe that's a bit of an ostrich position, but I just, I knew my limits. And for me, I have felt that I can only 
do on my side of the street and take care of me and take do what I can do over here and do the best that I can. Um, and that's kind of what I've done to cope. Um, and just and just haven't sat in it as much and just kind of stayed the course with the things that I've had to do and be supportive of my family, my friends, people around that have um, had a, maybe a harder time. Um, I've still had some hard times starting some things and finishing and and I've been using some accountability. Still having trouble with my one thing for this week. Just saying. <laughs> what, what was your one thing for this week? I don't know yet, Eric. It was supposed it was due Monday. Aggie's got Aggie's in here. She's going to hear me. I know it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, you know, I've kind of just tried to stay the course and not take too much in this, t- and been kind of that this too will pass. This too will pass. We, um, there's just things we can do and things we can't do. And that's where I've sat with it. Now, I still don't have my 2019 taxes done. Shit. <sighs> I just got those finished up. Good job. And it's, an, it's, a, it's been my niggly naggly. There's some holes. There's some things. So I probably need to ask for some serious accountability around that because it's got to get done. But uh, otherwise, I've just kind of tried to take one day at a time and not get too, and not to go too far out and not to awfulize too much. Tina, I'm not sure if you uh, are seeing the chat and I'm not sure if these comments are helpful, but people are letting you know that you still have a month. (laughs) Oh, no, I've got corporate ones to do, kids. Sorry. Corporate taxes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm here in the, you know, you, maybe you're calling it ostriching. I think that it's recognizing what you're able to do um, and that, that can change. And uh, I, I myself have definitely have uh, done some of that as well. Um, just recognizing that uh, my bandwidth is already taxed, like beyond uh, capacity. Um, and sometimes we need to just hunker down for for a bit you know because if we are if we're not doing well like we can't be of we, we can't show up in the way that we want to to help others so all right and uh mr carl how you doing i'm okay all right Some good checking good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good you got the rv you've kind of you head out and you're like that's just been towards the end of it it's been uh it's been it's been crazy. It's been really some days are fantastic and go super smooth and some days just everything goes wrong. But, you know, you let it go and you move on. But um yeah, this whole thing I was really kind of happy. I don't want to say happy about it, but in the beginning I was like, wow, this is my opportunity to restart my life. Like everything just stopped. And I'm the type of person who over sells my time, says I can do that. No problem. Take me five minutes when it's a five hour job. And that was my life. And I could never stop my life. I could never stop that. And this kind of just happened for me. And I was just like, 
oh my God, how I come out of this is how I can, how I can really get my life to be right. Slow it the F down. Stop making commitments that I can't keep. I mean, we have a, I have a seven year old and a seven month old on top of my own job and my husband being home from work. So everybody else's stuff stopped and everything really became all about how the house was going to operate, how this, you know, when this kids were going to get up and everything totally switched. And I had no time for anything. I'd like, I saw everybody checking in on Ash and everything. I just, I couldn't even sit in front of a computer. I hadn't, I didn't have that kind of time. I was homeschooling my son when all that stuff was going on. And I was like, in the beginning was like, Oh my God, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to homeschool my son. We're going to be done by like 12 and we're going to go bike riding and we're going to be like, Oh my God, we're going to be like best friends and inseparable. Holy crap. Was I wrong every day? I, you know, and then I'd be like, okay, yesterday didn't go so well. How, what can I do? You know, I, maybe it's, I'm not positive enough. Oh my God. By the end of it, I'm like, you did one math problem. Fine. We're done for the day. Like, I was like, that's it. Like, I'm not arguing anymore. Like, this is just, holy shit. What was I thinking? Right. Um, God, I've learned so much. I've learned to not have such high expectations. My expectations are super fucking high. Like, cause I build it all up in my head, right? Like, Oh my God, it's going to be amazing. No, you know, uh, yeah. It's been a shit show, but homeschooling's over. I am so, so grateful for that. I have a great routine with my house. I haven't fit myself in. That's typical, right? I haven't fit time for me to exercise. I stopped taking my meds because I was not on purpose. I would just be get. Oh my God, where's the schoolwork? What do we, what's my son have to do today? Blah, 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 blah. Printing out pages of this, that, the other thing, getting that already. Baby woke up. Blah, blah, blah. Before you know it, it's three o'clock in the freaking afternoon. And I'm like, I ain't taking that now. But yeah. And so it just got to the point where I wasn't even on meds. And then my emotional state started going crazy. And I didn't recognize it because I was just like, you're all screwed up. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> and so my husband was like, yo. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I should really start taking my meds again. So you restarted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Restarted. Everything dropped down like, you know, 10 pegs. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. School's over. Summer's here. You know. Are you, are you one of those people who like that you don't necessarily like see how the meds are doing for you, but but like people around you can clearly see how the meds are doing for you? Absolutely. Kat, you're yeah, saying you're that way too. You're like, oh, Carl, you're so mellow. And I'm like, I am? <laughs> That's so unlike me. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's do this. Let's take a, um, a quick break. And when we come back in, I want to hear, um, we're going to come back to that pin that I put in, uh, for, Mar- for Marisol. Um, we're going to see how you're emotionally doing. And then I want to kind of have a conversation about maybe some of the silver linings, maybe some of the, the saving graces, the things that are, that are getting us through, that are getting us by. So, um, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. 
Support for ADHD Rewired comes from the ADHD Rewired Coaching Community, which includes our coaching and accountability groups and our alumni membership community. Last Thursday, September 10th, we had our last registration event for our fall coaching groups, and we are full. You can go to coachingrewired.com and click on the big red button and add your name to the winter registration interest list. Whether you're brand new to the podcast and you're interested in coaching or you've been thinking about joining one of these groups for a while, take that first step. Go to coachingrewired.com. And if you missed registration, that's okay. Go to coachingrewired.com and click on that big red button and add your name to the winter registration list. Once you add your name to this list sometime this fall, we will send you an email that explains to you how you can register because registration is by invitation only. Again, if you are new to this podcast, ADHD Rewired's coaching community includes our intensive three-day-a-week for 10-week coaching groups that we do on Zoom. You get an accountability team of you and three other people. These are groups of 12 people total. Take the first step to get your ADHD rewired. Go to coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. And this podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. I would like to welcome two new patrons this week at the $10 a month level. Welcome to Bevan J and Morika B. Thank you for all of your support. Consider giving at ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. Any amount you're able to contribute is greatly appreciated. If you are able to contribute at the $25 a month level, or you are interested in hopping into one of our monthly group coaching calls for our patrons, you can do that at a $25 a month level. We actually only have space for a couple more people at this level. So if you've been thinking about that, now is a great time to do that. Our next group coaching call is on Tuesday, September 22nd at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And our calls are every fourth Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And if you can just give $10 a month, you can have access to the monthly action coaching sessions, extra content, and webinars. Also, we put up a poll that a lot of you have responded to, and we are thinking about posting a exclusive RSS feed that you can add to your podcast player for patrons who give at the $5 a month level. That's going to be an ad-free episode. So if you are interested in that, go vote by going to our Patreon page at ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. I want to remind the listeners who are in the U.S., if you are not registered to vote or you need to register at a new address or you are planning on voting by mail, the election is about seven weeks away. Don't wait to do this. Go register to vote. All right, we are back. Marisol, sorry, your internet connection is still okay, so you do have to check in now. Uh (laughs) Oh, no. Darn you, internet. So, Um, emotionally, how are you doing? uh, um, Well, uh, unlike Carl, I remember, like, my meds, I feel it myself, personally. Um, so that's generally been okay, but, um, my 
sleep schedule got all crapped up. Um, and emotionally, when everything, I mean, when everything shut down kind of at spring break, um, it, I was, I was generally staying calm, although teaching microbiology, like way at the beginning, I was like, okay, is this going to be, you know, the Spanish influenza pandemic or, or SARS? Um, so, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty and, and like Tina said, watching the news, um, one hand was vaguely helpful, uh, but mostly not. Um, and so I kind of, I've done a lot of the same thing of like, you know what, I am going to find my information where it's um, reliable and helpful. And that's it. Cause I, I, I am not, I can't handle, um, a lot of that. Um, so at first I was alternately scared, but trying to stay calm, you know, for my family and that kind of thing. Um, and there's still some, I mean, there's still some of that. There's a lot of uncertainty and that's what I figured out was most of it isn't, is kind of that uncertainty of, you know, what's going to happen with school, what's going to happen at home, you know, um, and that kind of thing. Um, mostly I figured out it was exhaustion. Um, cause again, we were kind of double duty, kind of double duty work, um, having to get everything online. And most of my stuff was already online, but I was helping lots of other people. And, you know, what's the semester going to look like and how are we going to get this done and, and just moving stuff around. And um, a lot of it was exhaustion and um, uh, kind of like, well, I was not as optimistic as Carl <laughs> when we started. I was like homeschooling. I vaguely thought about this, but knew that it would be bad. And sure enough. It was just bad. Um, and so I had been I was like, I wonder if my daughter would really thrive if we work at home on her own pace. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> her pace was basically, I don't want to. And that was kind of my pace too. Because I was like, really? Because I don't want to either. <laughs> and, um, and I will fully admit that the first couple of weeks or whatever that they started uh, online e-learning <laughs> whatever um we honestly didn't do anything because i was like i need to get my classes in order i, I was so busy worrying about my job that honestly i was putting that to the side which i feel bad saying um and it wasn't until the school said we're gonna start taking grades and i said oh shit so um so then came in uh I hate to say the fighting, you know, I mean, that's what it was. It was, you need to do this minimal work because we just need to get this done. And it introduced a lot of fighting and unhappiness in my household. Um, and I was stressed and the kids were stressed and you couldn't freaking go anywhere. Um, and like I said, as an extrovert, that's really difficult. And you're, you're in Texas, right? Yep. And things yeah. are things aren't so great down there if I understand COVID. Um yeah, I was gonna say uh I believe cases are and see I haven't been able to sit down and look at it lately. Cases are increasing right now, um, as we've opened up a little bit more. Um, but I'm interested to see and I, like I said, I haven't looked. Um the hospitalization numbers. I don't know if I want to get into opinions or not, but anyway. I was yeah. saying, <laughs> okay, fine. Um I was gonna say the thing is, as 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 a microbiologist is teaching microbiology, um, this will have to run its course is really, is, is what it is. 
And that's not to say that I don't um, feel for for lives that have been lost or damaged, of course. Um, but it, it's gonna run. It's gonna have to run its course, just like anything else. And it's gonna take several years. And that doesn't mean several years of staying inside. That just means several years of being careful and doing what we need to do um, as we go about our lives in whatever new way we go about, kind of thing. So it'll it'll take a while, but it will run. It, it will, like Tina said. This too shall pass. It, and see, this is the biology part. Like the biology part I'm cool with. I get it. It's the, it's the family part <laughs> that I'm not so cool with. The biology part, I'm like, it has to run its course and that kind of thing. But um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the my kids have to go back to school part. <laughs> I feel really bad. <laughs> like, I'm really sorry. But um. It's been a strain. What, what are your kids doing this summer? What are we doing this summer? We're going to the pool. They opened the pool. Thank you, Jesus. Um, we have to wear masks when we are not in the water. Anyway. I was just thinking like, so everyone has to like be like wearing snorkels, like snorkel masks. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody's breathing out of their tube. No. Um <laughs> But uh, but at the very least, they've opened the pool, so we have something to go do. Um, because honestly, it has already been I don't know how many months of I'm bored. I'm like, sweetie, me too. And yeah, I'm bored. So mentally, it's been uh, it's been real hard. Unfortunately, I've, I've checked a little bit out of the coaching group, and I need to check back in. But I still feel all. I got to get ready for summer school in two and a half weeks. And I'm, I'm so not there. Yeah. I just need, need my office. I need to go somewhere where I can do something by myself. Any ideas? You know, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, can I, I'm like, well, I can't go to the library. Library's not open. <laughs> um, I can't really go to a coffee shop. Like, I don't know. I don't know where to go. I just, I just need to go somewhere for like two hours. Do you like driving? Yeah, but I can't type on my computer when I'm driving. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go somewhere to work. Mm. Like, I just need the space to work without interruption. Because that's it. Oh, that's what it is. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm rambling. So anyway, I haven't had my meds. So I, I just need time where there's no interruptions. Because you know, the whole thing of I'm working on something and transition, transition back transition every time my kids interrupt me it's a transition okay can your can your hubby take your kids out for a couple hours yes and we've we've kind of done that but again he's working during the day as well and so it's yeah it's okay yeah the struggle is real <laughs> yes I want to cry. Okay, enough of me. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Kat, what about you? What's uh, what's your son doing this summer? Uh, he is actually. This is where I actually have some guilt around this because my kid is, and I, I went on uh, on Brendan's podcast saying, like, as as an ADHD parent with a neurotypical son, I actually I have a lot of guilt because in the tribe I know that everyone struggles with things, and he has been very independent for a really long time. So. Um, He's playing soccer. Um, so he's going at seven o'clock every morning for conditioning. Um, he's uh, helping me with stuff around the house. Like he, he's just, I, I don't ask me about it. I, people will hate me. He's a really good kid and does a lot of really good things. So 
yeah, he's playing soccer. <laughs> tell me about tell me about the guilt. Um, I think because I have so many Me Too moments, and they've helped so much through the course of you know, especially when first starting with coaching, and like, oh my gosh, I'm not I'm not alone. And then watching as an admin, the people that um when they have those moments, how good it feels to know that. And then to have someone go, yeah, Mike, it's, you know, I mean, he's not perfect by any means. We have, we have our issues and we argue and, you know, we have all that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, he, he did well with the homeschooling thing. And I didn't, I didn't even have to check his grade. I didn't have to do anything. Like I would just say, what do you have going on today? And he would know and he would, have it all scheduled out and planned out. I know, right? Like he, he, I'm so jealous of him. And that's where like Brendan, cause I used to joke and say, I want to be like, I want to be like him when I grow up. And he's like, you've got to stop. Or I'd say he, that's what it was. I said, he's the adult in our relationship. Yeah. And Brendan said, you have to stop saying that. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize kind of what I might be doing to him with that. But yeah, he's somebody who he'll say, I've got this project and it's due at this time. So I'm going to work on this amount each day. And, and he does. <laughs> So weird. What? <laughs> I know it's so bizarre. It's like, like so yeah. I'm wondering if uh if you're, you'd be able to every anytime that feeling of guilt comes up kind of taking that mindful position and go my brain is telling me that I'm feeling guilty. What what but I could also really feel grateful and proud. Mm-hmm. That's really when I I realized because a a while ago I was kind of spinning out and I'm like, okay, what do I do? This was, this was probably about a year ago. And I'm like, oh, I can do, I can, I can reach for gratitude because I'm feeling a little bad. So, okay. I'm grateful that I've got a really good son. And then I went, oh, but that has nothing to do with me. That's how he's wired. That's that. So that was, I was, it was that whole foreboding joy kind of thing. And um, so then I had to go, oh, okay. So now I'm grateful that he is that way. And I can, like, I literally can say, I don't, I don't have anything to do with it. And I can, I can buy into that one. But I think we have to be careful on the making sure that our gratitude list is something we can buy into. Otherwise we're going to dismiss it. Yeah, no, for sure. Carl, what about you? If you're, how are you coping with, with parenting this summer? Um, I don't know, like Marisol, like my in the beginning, the dreams of homeschooling, I was just like, oh my God, if we homeschool him, then we can get in the RV and we could travel the United States. As long as we have internet, we can homeschool from anywhere. We could be all over the place. We could show him like the Grand Canyon and blah, 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 Sounds blah, blah, blah. great. Holy shit. I don't know how many arguments my husband had to break up between me and my seven-year-old son. I don't know how many pencils were broken and thrown at me. I don't know how many times he smacked me, hit me, told me, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just like, Come on. I don't know how many ways I could be like, come on, let's do math. Like, Jesus Christ. What? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was very close to a nervous breakdown. I swear to God. Over, over. I mean, I had my own list of shit I had to do. And now on top of it, my son's not doing his homework. So I was like, oh my God, that list just got huge because we're three, four, five days behind. And right before this, we were actually going to have my son tested for ADHD. And then the world stopped. And now I'm like, oh, God. So, yeah, it was fucking horrible. I mean, 
we had our great days where we were done by like 11 o'clock. It took him an hour. He finished his home, everything in an hour. I'm like, dude, what do you want? I'll, I'll take you anywhere. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, ice cream, candy, cake. I don't care. Dude, this was amazing. Thank you. Play video games. Fortnite. I don't give it. Take it. Here's my wallet. <laughs> I don't want to. Here's the car keys. But, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely challenging. And my kid is, he's amazing. He's super smart. And he's just like me. And that's, and that's, <sighs> that's that. But, um, yeah, my husband helped me out quite a bit. I'm so grateful that he kept his shit together. In between meetings, he's like muting himself and going, okay, it's not about you. It's about the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, ah, whatever. I don't know how many, many therapy sessions he's given me over the past, what, two months? Is it? it feels like six months, but oh, yeah, it's only it's been, been, what, been three? A three, three, four? Uh, has it been three? March? Three years? March, April, May, June, about three months. We're all trying to do yeah. calendar math here. We're like, uh, fingers. <laughs> But yeah, with the the best thing that was was the baby because she has a schedule and I set that all up ahead of time and she eats at this time, she goes to bed at this time. And that kept me grounded because that's the first priority, right? And then everything else came in after. And my, my husband kept going, we're in a pandemic. You know, it's not like... And I'm like, I know, but he's like so behind on math. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. I was taking on my son's homework onto myself, Mm. right? There was a, uh, my, my son's, uh, principal sent an email out in the very beginning of of all this and and basically said like, you know, we are so grateful for all of your support, but we do not expect you to be your kids' teachers. So just do the best that you can and, um, just, you know, spend time with your, your kids and do, and we'll all get through this together. Um, and I think that there really is a, I'm hearing more and more people just kind of recognize the, what are that we have limits as human beings and what we're dealing with, you know, is, I mean, one of the things that has been big this year would be enough, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we have limits and we need to, to recognize that. Like, this isn't going to be the year where we're going to be at our best. Like, that's, I mean, I, my, my very favorite meme that I've seen all year is, uh, it was of, of, um, Ernie from, from Sesame Street. And it says the year 2020 is brought to you by the letters W, T, and F. Cause it is, it's just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, what I want to do, I'm, I'm going to take a quick break. I want to check on to Tina and then, um, I want to talk about, um, Black Lives Matter, especially, um, cause I've been having a lot of kind of guilt around some stuff that I want to talk about. So we will be right back. For those of you who are brand new to ADHD Rewired, I wanted to let you know that we have two other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. You can check out Hacking Your ADHD Will Curb with a new episode that is released every Monday. And this Monday, Will's episode is When to Quit. Go check out Hacking Your ADHD. Go subscribe to these short, mindful ways to hack your ADHD. 
They're only about 15 minutes long each episode. That's Hacking Your ADHD with Will Curb. And every Friday, check out ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan. Brendan's podcast is kind of like this one, but it's a focus on families, parents, and educators. And if you are a parent looking for a little help with your kids who have ADHD, check out his parent groups by going to ADHDessentials.com slash parent groups. Both Hacking Your ADHD and ADHD Essentials are both part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network, available to everyone, everywhere you consume podcasts. And you can join me and the host of Hacking Your ADHD, Will Curb, and the host of ADHD Essentials, Brendan Mahan, for an hour of live Q&A. While you won't hear Will on next month's live Q&A, which we recorded last week, because he had no power due to fires out in Washington. You can join us, and hopefully he will be there for the next one, which is on October 13th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. To register, go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. We can register for this and a bunch of other live Q&As coming up. Join us every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern for an hour of live Q&A. We've also already posted the recording of that live Q&A with some extra content on our Patreon page to patrons who give at the $5 a month level. Register for free. Go to ADHDrewired.com and just click the events tab at the top of the page. We will see you October 13th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there. All right, we are back. Tina, I want to uh, check in with you one more time here. Um, so your your kids aren't kids anymore. Well, my kids my kids the age of uh, probably Marisol. <laughs> um, and by the way, my husband, when I had talked about homeschooling one time, he said I'd really like him to live. Let's not consider. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, this is a long time ago, you guys. It's just um, I, I think that if your kid is my kid also has ADHD and is finally being treated this year. Thank you, God. At 35, it's been a, a long ride. And I remember the fighting. Carl, you guys, Marisol. Oh, and I rejoice with Kat and her, and, and her son is just a delight. He just is. But we all struggle. We just, you know, th- there's things we struggle with. Um, emotionally, Actually, I'm doing okay. Part of it's because of how my brain actually works, which we all know is a little odd. I had family members who, in the influence of nineteen of the 1919, the entire family died, you guys, on the train going from Missouri to Washington. Uh, this is a pandemic. But in my mind, wow, it's not that big. But that's me. So that's kind of how I put things when I, I look, I, I look at things in the scope of the bigger picture. So I probably fail at the really close up sometimes. How's business? Oh, cooking, baby. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I crossed the 20 K mark on eBay and there's been some sadness on eBay as the national news has said this week, there's been some, some executives who made some bad decisions last year, but, um, that ju- that just is what it is, but yes, people people are still buying weird stuff. For for people who are uh, are who've been listening for a while and have heard your master, what, your master on the podcast was about making this transition to 
Well, yes. And then I, I got to do it completely kind of unplanned. <laughs> it kind of just, it kind of was forced upon me. And so for this past year, my total focus has been on continue to build this eBay business. And then in Knoxville, honestly, it's been without thrift stores, which is even up the ante. It's mm. been, it's been very interesting. I, I just really want to go to a Goodwill by the pound pretty much. So I just want to take us on a really quick detour because I'm sure that everyone is really curious what's the weirdest thing that people are buying. Well, I just had somebody buy 40 sticks of copper tone, 55 stick that's expired since 2015. What? You know, the, the sunscreen. Why? We don't ask that, Eric. We, don't <laughs> take the money, we just take the money to the bank. We don't care. Well, that and the girdles. I sold some, I, I found some really industrial strength girdles. Well, we could always use one I of those. My grandmother would have used them that had zippers and hooks and oh my stars, way too much information. Like, like, the, like the ones that like on the movies, like you need someone's help to like get in and out of. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I thought, well, what you got in this thing, you were never getting out. It, $55 out the door. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, right. I love that. I love the dollar into 55. We, and so I'm still, I'm still just going out there and just have just once again, just started being, um, we're finally opened back up to the, where more people are in the public. And honestly, the hardest part of this is they closed the library. Yeah. That's been, that's been hard for us too. Oh, my son is an insatiable reader. I mean, he, my son is eight and has probably read thousands of books and that's not an exaggeration. All right. Let's, before we get into um, talking about George Floyd and, and black lives matter, um, I did want to ask, how are you guys actually dealing with COVID itself? Um, you know, I've been for my personally, uh, been fairly, I don't know if it's neurotic or just being careful. Um, it's some, like, I haven't been inside of a store, um, since it's all started. Uh, thank goodness for, for Instacart. Um, I will never go back even when the stores open up because Instacart, oh, like, I should contact them and have like be, have them be a sponsor or something because I know and I know that like they don't pay their their workers really great and there's issues with the whole model, but as far as like ADHD tools, like it is it's becoming a power tool because I can just go in and be like you ordered this last time, do you want to order this again? Yes, 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 and done. Like amazing, um, you know, and it's uh and out decision fatigue like the thing is out. I'll just like whatever they want to get, just get it. And if I like it, fine. If not, I won't get it again. Like if it were me, I would be in the aisle for half an hour trying to make a decision on this, the, the like, alternative product. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I have done for my own personal therapy is, uh, is I was playing pickleball. And um, so here's, I'm, I'm feeling some guilt right now. I returned to the game yesterday um, so I, I was riding my bike and I was, and so exercise has been my saving grace. And there was a period earlier on where I, it kind of slipped away from me and I was, uh, I was not doing well. Um, like, I mean, it was, it was, it was bad, um, to say the least. Um, but I got back on to exercise and it really started helping, um, or I was like playing pickleball indoors against the wall, like in my office, like chip and paint. Um, I don't think the, my landlord has noticed yet. Um, but so I was recently riding my, my bike kind of 
I was saying is I would go, I would ride to the, all the different pickleball courts in the area to see people, just to have this like, oh, and people who are playing. And, I, and so, and the last week I went by and, um, it's like, it's outdoors, but it's like packed. And I was, and no one's wearing masks. And I was like, what the hell, people? Right. And so I was in this like, you know, it's, I don't, I don't do bitter. Like I'm not a, someone who like feels bitter about stuff. Like I was feeling bitter. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I want to play pickleball. Like y'all are like in your sixties. Like you guys are supposed to be in a higher ri- like risk group. Like I just want to play pickleball so badly right now. And so and I get running by and I was on these, these, uh, some group chats and I was like, anyone want to play singles? Right. Anyone willing to wear a mask and play singles with me? And it's like, no, like no, no takers. Um, so I'm just like, you know what? All right, I'm gonna be the one person that goes and, and wears a mask. So I, I did, and uh, people were saying, oh, it's too hard to play with a mask. Um, they're right, because um, I I tried that. Um, uh, all I did wear a uh, um, like a microfiber kind of thingy, like. Which is, you know, it's not the best mask, but it's better than nothing. Um, but it, yeah, I was able to play it somewhat safely, but it's. And your videos on, uh, on Facebook of you banging a ball against the wall. Even my son did. They're like, Hey, that's that guy on your, on your computer. I'm like, yeah, that's him. He's playing. <laughs> it's called pickleball. He's like inside. I'm like, no, it's played outside, but since you can't go outside. Yeah. So how are you feeling about COVID? Are you, are you nervous about it? Are you like, how are you coping with that, that itself? Well, in the beginning, everybody was like, oh, it's just like the flu, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, hmm, you know, just kind of getting my news from more reputable places. And I was a little concerned. And then I went coronavirus shopping while there was still stuff in the stores. So I kind of like bought all the stuff that I Did would you need. take all the toilet paper? No, no, I had plenty because we got it on Amazon. We get it like replenished, like every, it's like one of those things that just keep coming. And so I didn't need any, but I bought, I was like, oh my God. So let me get yeast. Let me get, you know, all the stuff. So now I make my own bread. I make my own ice cream. I, what the hell else? Did I, I don't know, a bunch of stuff. I was very surprised about all the things that I, oh, yogurt. I make my own yogurt. It's really? Awesome. You're like Martha fucking Stewart. Like what's going on? Dude, I like I got you know I all my clients I didn't I stopped working, so I only had to deal with my house. And I was just like, hey, well, I'm gonna make bread. I got a bread maker. Oh, I got an Instapot. I think you can make yogurt in that thing. Oh my god, let me watch YouTube. Let me watch YouTube. Let me. Oh, I make my own bread. I can put it in the yes. This the the the. It's it's been great. So it's been fun making my own bread and yogurt and um, ice cream and all those those machines that you have in your house that you haven't used in like forever i'm just like oh let's get that shit out let's figure this thing out <laughs> I, I busted out my double belgian waffle maker the other day dude me too i waffles pancakes is, any, is anybody else busted out some appliance like cooking appliance that they haven't used forever i'm happy to say my instant pot did not come out of the closet and i remembered why i hate my waffle maker <laughs> a bitch to clean so Okay, Johnny in the chat reminded us that uh, Black Lives Matter is the next topic. So I've really, I've struggled and part of it, and I read a wonderful article and there's some things that I don't get and some of that is that I grew up in the very rural West and this article actually addressed that. 
that because we we did not grow up with any extras. There was nothing. It was very poor. Um, everyone was poor. I call it Appalachian North. Um, and they said, but the thing we never that we always had that other people didn't have is we always had access to banking. You guys, and that really helped me understand some things. And then that may sound odd, but I I literally grew up in a one stoplight town. My husband grew up where he when he got off the bus in the summer, he never saw another person till he got back on in the fall. They lived so far out. They milked every day. They fed the cattle every day. You know, if you didn't speak German and you weren't Catholic, you were kind of out of luck. Um, but I'm trying to lean in and understand and, and get and, and get a bigger a bigger worldview of where we're at. And I think that that kind of is the tone of the moment right now. You know, it's um, here we are as a panel of white and Marissa, how do you, how do you identify? Um, I identify as Marisol. Um, I was going to say the thing that I've learned from Brene Brown in the last few years, actually I've learned a lot, but one of the things that I've learned, and I've talked to my husband a lot about this, we've been having a lot of discussions is I don't know that a whole lot's going to get solved until people realize that every single person is an individual and everybody has their own story. Because if I, and I'm not saying that I don't identify as Mexican American or Hispanic or Latina or whatever. Um, but the thing is, I'm more than that. And I've, I've always thought that like ever since I was, I mean, as a teenager or whatever, um, I was a theater kid. Uh, my parents are from Monterrey, Mexico. Um, we spoke Spanish in my house. Um, but I also had, you know, I uh, loved science. So I always considered it to be just part of something. It was a part of me. It was never my entire identity kind of thing. Just like ADHD is part of me. It doesn't make who I am kind of thing. Um, so, so that's the thing when people ask me, like, you know, well, do you consider yourself? I'm, I consider myself Marisol. That's how I consider myself. But the thing is, I truly, truly believe, my heart of hearts, that the way to handle um, racial issues or really any issues is when people start to listen to one another and listen to their stories. Because that's really how, because um, we all have preconceived notions about all kinds of things, whether it's race, whether it's sex, whether it's identi gender identity, whether it's being short or tall or whatever. Everybody has different perspectives and biases and that kind of thing. So you can't get away from it. Um, but it isn't until you start hearing the stories of other people that you realize, like she said, People, 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 people. That's it. And so, like I said, you know, there's all these CEOs coming out and saying, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to give this much money and, and, we're gonna, and we have this policy and, and you're getting all of the emails from stores, just like you did with COVID. What are we doing about COVID? I'm like, you know what, Children's Place? I don't care what you're doing about COVID. You know what, Children's Place? I don't care what you're doing about Black Lives Matter either because I don't think Children's Place, the store, like really... What it really comes down to is when your neighbor is talking to a neighbor and you find out what their story is. And it's when a teacher is talking with a student or students are talking to each other. People are just talking to each other and you hear their story because then they're not black, then they're not white, then they're not Hispanic, they're people. So the rioters are people. 
they're angry and they're out there because they have a story. I don't know what that story is, but I want to hear what your story is. But I want you to hear what my story is. We all simply want to be heard and everybody has a story. And so you can't, in my opinion, you can't generalize because my story is not the same as the next Latina story or the next ADHD story or the next scientist story. Everybody's story is different and until we literally on an individual level start listening to people's stories. Government can't solve it. Corporations can't solve it. We can all help, but it's really an individual thing. I have to listen to your story and you got to listen to my story. I'm, I'm processing. Uh, what do you, cause in that I, I, I want to, if you could for, from your perspective, help me like, thread the needle between like hearing each person's unique story um, and also not viewing things through a lens of like colorblindness or mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, I, I was listening to an episode of uh, the minimalists and one, one of the, the forget which ones, which the, the co-host um, he literally said, he's like, I, I don't see color. I, I, I see colorblind. I'm like, no, <laughs> It's like, oh, gosh. But I will say, here's the thing. Here's the funny part about that. And again, I know there's a lot of people with a lot of um, things they want to say. The thing is, that's what they used to tell. That's what used to be societally. I was taught that in yeah, elementary you used school. To be colorblind, but that's not it anymore. And that's okay. I remember thinking when I heard that, I'm like, that's weird. Like, that's mm-hmm. like, if, if you're black, that's a part of who you are. Why would I not yeah. want to see that? Right. And it's mm-hmm. interesting as I'm having these conversations with people and as, um, you know, I, I mean, I consider myself to be a, a fairly progressive, you know, woke, uh, white social worker. Right. And I have these conversations and, um, it's amazing how much, how many other intricate components there are that make me, that, that give me pause. Um, which I really appreciate too. Cause I think that there's like, um, I mean, I say this sort of half kidding, but, but not, um, as a, a, a white person with privilege who is a social, who's socially conscious, like the worst thing I could think of is to be like, come off as unintentionally racist. So it's, it's being able to, to, I guess, be humbled by listening more and, um, checking with my own preconceived notions. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I one I was mentioning, uh, before we took the break that there was some, uh, sort of guilt that I was feeling. And part of it was, um, you know, I was wanting to, to talk about this, um, on the podcast. Um, and I just, I didn't have the headspace. Like I was just, I was struggling and, um, it, it's an issue that's important to me, but I just couldn't wrap my head around how to even say anything about it and then i was feeling um just a ton of guilt that i haven't like added my voice to the conversation and i you know and i reached out to a couple of people and had some conversations uh, with them about that um i like recorded something that was going to be released on the podcast but then i ended up not releasing it after getting some feedback on it um so yeah it's 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 something that I have a hard time putting into words. It's just, it, it's kind of horrific to me. What are your guys' thoughts, Carl? So 
my husband is Puerto Rican and Jamaican, so he's tan. I never looked at him that way because I was just, that's just my husband, right? But my son, who's seven, who was learning about back in the day when they whites and blacks were separated. Segregation. Yes. And so he was like, oh, if, if, if Papa was around, he'd have to sit on the back of the bus. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, I never thought about that. Like, that's just my husband. I didn't see him as any color, but my son sees him as a color. Mm. Right? How did that feel when you, when you heard that? It was bizarre. Well, I mean, we're two gay men, white guy, Jamaican, Puerto Rican guy with two kids, right? <laughs> the typical right there. American family, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> you know, so he sees, he sees, he's under, he's learning about our history and, and how we treat the people with, by the color of their skin. And, and this is a good teaching moment, right? That it's coming all, you know, it's all, it's still here. It never went away. It's just been hidden. It's upsetting to, to teach your kid that the world at seven isn't what they think it is, right? It's not what everybody sold them on. It's not what he's actually learned, right? I, I, it's upsetting. But you know what? I've always been honest with my kid, and, and I think this is great that we can share this and teach our children that, you know, Black lives do matter. They, the color of your skin is shouldn't be the way you're treated you know whether you're married to a man or a, you know two men or two women you know everybody should be created equally and nobody should be judged by the color of their skin and um it's upsetting that our children have to see adults we teach our kids this but as adults it's a totally different story which is like I can't grasp it, but yeah. And, and seeing my husband who's of color. Yeah. He acted like we got pulled over cause he was speeding one day. I'm like, yeah, he's getting pulled over. And he's like, no, don't talk. Don't say anything. Don't go give him any information. Don't say blah, blah, blah. And he was just, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And it, it, I was like, holy crap. Like I just never, I never thought of things that way. And it just, the world just, wasn't the place I thought it was either. Right. I don't know. I mean, and that is, you know, and, and I think just the conversation around privilege, like that's privilege and it's not like, it's not a bad thing. It's not a, not a judgmental thing. It just, it, it is, it's, it's just is what it is. Right? I never knew I had that privilege. Right. Uh, to right. me, I never, I never knew I had a privilege like that. I just went through life the way I normally would. Whereas, I don't know. Tina? So uh, one of the things that I've encountered in life where there were places as a white woman, I wasn't allowed to go. They were not wise because it wasn't my place. One of them was, there was, I grew up next to a very large Indian reservation. You didn't go there. Wasn't your place. Wasn't your, wasn't your deal. Stay away. And not, nobody... It's just unspoken because it wasn't uh, different rules applied. Just it, it just flat out wasn't safe, so we just didn't do it. And I know that kind of sounds a little odd, but I, I 
I suspect that that's how other people feel a lot more. And I wonder how much of that becomes like, this is the story that communities are told. And so then in those interactions, those other communities feel the way um, you believe that they are, right? Um, yes. It's interesting. So I grew up in a very wealthy area of the North Shore of Chicago. And um, it was interesting because like I was grew up in a, a um, upper middle class uh, uh upper middle class home um, in an area where we were like the poor people, which is like, you know, like lots of people had million, like multi-million dollar homes, you know, and we had like a, you know, like a $400,000 home probably. And, in, in, you know, and then I went to school in central Illinois and I was like, wow, did I live and grew up in a bubble? And so I like, I love making friends with all the townies. Um, cause it was this very, like, to me, it was, this is more of what the rest of the world is more like. Um, you know, it's, I think I shared, uh, in, in the past in, in podcasts, uh, the, the situation I had, like referred to as writing trauma where I spent a three, uh, or I had a three page paper that I've spent an entire semester writing for like eight hours a, a day. Um, the topic of that paper was institutional racism, America's white uh, superiority complex. Three pages, eight hours a day. So like this is an issue. It's, it's you know, as as a Jew who, you know, historically has faced persecution. I remember going to when I was in Peoria for my undergrad and having a hanging out with some people and I, someone said the phrase, you know, you know, don't Jew them down. And I was like, what? I actually never heard that before. Right. And I called this person out on it and they were like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize, I didn't even think about what that actually meant. Right. And I remember being in high school learning about the Japanese internment. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like I learned about, you know, the Holocaust and the time I was like seven years old, like, why am I just learning about this now? You know? And so it's like, you know, this, this history that we have as a country, it's, it's kind of sick and troubling. Right. And I think that right now, and, and I think this is, is like the collective consciousness. I, I, I am just, I'm I'm not a religious person, but man, I am praying that this is not just like the, the thing at the moment. That this is a thing. This is really going to be a longer term movement, right? I am hoping that we have that we vote in inclusive leadership. You know, I know it. Not everyone feels this way with ADHD, but it is a a fairly common trait with ADHD. You feel outraged by social and emotion or social uh, um, injustice, All right? And I've seen this with a number of people in our community who it's like this has become their primary area of focus. And I even find myself like being drawn into it, and I'm like, and I, I for me need to think about how can I, as as a leader in this community, you know, be an a, 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 an advocate and a voice um, to help. I also know that this is a, a it's been going on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, longer, right? 
And it's also easy to get so wrapped up in this as well that it can take a toll on our mental health. And, and it's funny because my, what my internal thoughts as well as in that privilege, I can actually take a step back as my mental health. Right. And so it's, that's just the way I'm kind of processing all of, all of this right now. Um, now what, Kat, what are your thoughts on this? I know you've, your, your work partner, uh, has some really, uh, uh, open dialogue about this kind of stuff. So what's your take? Um, well, first of all, my, my take is I've, I've been teaching and creating workshops around diversity since most companies even had a diversity department. So, um, it was very important to me. Um, I also grew up in an all white area, but moved out at 19. And, um, I always, I, I actually made it a goal of mine to meet people that were different from me. Um, that's, you know, I've always enjoyed that. Um, what I've learned um, over the last few weeks is I know nothing. I really need to be more curious, less judgmental. Um, I need to understand that, you know, what I, what I thought I knew, and, and I'm very, very involved in things within the Black community. Um, when I mentioned that my, um, my business partner and I uh, did a talk, it was actually called Rethinking Race. It was a Picha Kucha, which is like a kind of TED talk on speed. Um, so it was, you know, I was the only white person on the panel. The rest of the panel was very diverse. It wasn't just white and black, but I'm very used to being the only white person when I go somewhere or one of the only. Um, so that part wasn't unfamiliar to me. Um, but that night I started to feel a tug of I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And I didn't know what that was. I'd never not felt like I belonged somewhere. And this crowd was probably primarily white. I don't know. The interesting thing is I realized I'm not colorblind. I'm color oblivious, which what that means is a lot of times I won't necessarily recognize if I am the only white person somewhere. I also don't necessarily know if someone... Well, I don't remember the color of people's eyes. I don't remember what they're wearing. I don't remember their hair. I don't remember a lot of physical features. Um, and I won't go into all of that, but I also realized how, because like you, I thought that was the that was the right thing to want to be colorblind. Um, but I learned very quickly that that wasn't, that wasn't the case. But, you know, I'm just re-educating myself. I'm being really open to being wrong. And I don't know if you saw that I, I put in um, through some conversations with another person of color um, in Canada, who is, you know, we've had discussions about her being in, she's married to a white man, and she's in a mostly white area. But I said something about embarrassment, because what I'm finding is, is I'm talking to people who, you know, are, you know, the all lives matter people and um, sort of feeling like, you know, we all, um, if we if we don't see race, that will be better, all those things. Um, I'm realizing, I think there's some embarrassment that's happening. Maybe that's the guilt. Um, I think that doesn't sit well with people sometimes, but going, you know, leaning into, and when she, when she put it, when she spelled it out, I'm like, I'm an acronym person. I'm like, oh, that spells dead. So leaning into defensiveness, because a lot of people are like, well, I've, you know what happened to me and I've struggled to the embarrassment, um, ambivalence. So a lot of, you know, for me, I'm seeing things on both sides that, and I think we're, we're sort of in a society where we fight of right or wrong. And I call it the land of and. I like to live in the land of and because guess what? Maybe 
maybe we're both right. How about that? Or we're both wrong, you know, and that's okay. We don't have to be right or wrong to listen to each other. And then the last one is just discomfort, you know, really leaning into those four things um, and, you know, letting our defenses down and just listening to each other. Like Marisol was saying, we do have our own stories. And that's what I've realized coming from an all-white area. I kept trying to figure out what's the difference? Why is it that when those of us who have moved away from this area... And I asked a friend of mine who is pretty open-minded. And I said, why do you think it is? And she said, well, you know, I think... I think we're very accepting here. You know, we've got a couple Black families and we're very nice to them. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like, that's... that." It, it, what helped me understand is they don't, they really don't see the same struggle that I see. We had, we had an 18 year old girl that was shot at a stoplight the other day. And we truly believe that it was a hate crime, 18 year old girl. And there was another um, tr- trans black man um, at the university of Akron. We also think that he was shot because he was black. And so I'm seeing the hate crimes. I'm seeing the, um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the dog whistles and I'm just going to, I'll go, I'll go political a little bit there. And I try to stay out of that, but that's the part that really, when I, when I see that and, and people turning a blind eye to it, you know, I used to roll my eyes and not say anything when my racist family members would, you know, say certain things. And that's not, I, I will not do that anymore. I won't turn a blind eye. I won't pretend. And the other thing I think we need to realize too is this is probably really hard for the black community seeing all these white people waking up all of a sudden. You know, I mean, going, oh, I had no idea. Really? Because I've been telling you for a really fucking long time that this is what's going on. And now you're going to listen. So sorry, I, I stayed quiet because I knew that I would get. No, thank you. And I appreciate the discomfort. Truly. Yeah. Hmm. it's hard it's hard and it needs to be hard I just wanted to say something in um, at least in kind of the scientific community when we start trying this is seemingly unrelated but it is um, you know in talking about the whole vaccination controversy you know there are people who don't want to vaccinate and obviously people who do and that kind of thing and for a long time people who are for vaccination to try to convince those who are anti-vaxxers, um, facts, facts, numbers, figures, here's the evidence, et cetera. And it doesn't seem to really work. Um, but what we have found to work is in fact, um, showing images and telling stories, um, in, in the parents or in the survivors words of people who have died from, um, diseases that are preventable by vaccination. So I always show my students a tiny baby with whooping cough, pertussis, um, because we found that's what really changes minds is seeing a face, hearing a voice, seeing an actual person who has been affected by what the issue is. And so that's why to me, and I know um, there was some talk in the chat um, that it's a societal issue, and absolutely, and I think society absolutely has to address it. Um, but I think that's so big, and this is just my perspective. People want to be heard. That's what people want: is to be heard, and recognized, and and see me 
not throw money at a problem, not throw words at a problem, not throw slogans at a problem. Hear people, because that's the only way that we actually get past the mental part and get to the feeling part. What is it? We are, um, we are feeling machines who think. That's Brene Brown. Come on. Or, well, no, I think she got that from someone else. I want to uh, share, um, uh, Natalie put in the chat uh, a comment that I want to, want to share. Um, she said that, uh, my therapist is a black man and I was telling him about uh, how I was diving into it so hard and feeling it and my health was suffering. And he said, Natalie, this is very selfless of you, but you are of no use to any of it if you spiral out into depression. So stop it. And I, you know, as we're thinking about all of these things, we're thinking about how right now, maybe depending on where you are in, in the country or in the world, um, maybe the, the curve is coming down, but we're pretty sure it's going to come back up again. Right. And, you know, we have an election a few months away, right? This is going to be a marathon. It is probably going to go past 2020. We have to take care of ourselves and support each other in this. And because this is it's hard. There's, no, there's nothing else to say. It's just we're dealing with, with things in this world that we never imagined, at least I didn't, that we would be dealing with all in the same like year. Right. And take care of yourselves, you know, Get the exercise, focus on your sleep. You know, we know that a lot of people have increased their alcohol consumption. Um, pot smoking has gone up like lots of it, right? And so just be mindful of that. Like think about how, how do we as individuals that are part of a community want to show up first for ourselves, then for our families and for our communities, and for our country and world. And it starts with how we're taking care of ourselves. And if we are a personal shit show, everything around us is going to just, it's the struggle bus isn't even going to be the right expression. It's, you know, we got to take care of this because we are dealing with hard times and it, and it really, we have to be mindful and self-compassionate and if that means sometimes you got to put your head in the sand for a little bit so you can recoup, do it. That means sometimes you got to just completely turn off the news, you know, and not listen to it, do it. Um, if that means you got to give your kids to your partner and just like run away for a short period of time, go do it, right? I think we need to not expect ourselves to be the same version of ourselves that we were before all of this. I do think we will get through this. I do think that we are going to all as a global community going to have to reckon with trauma collectively because that is what we are in right now. And I think to try to sugarcoat it or to say it's just a thing it's going to end. It's fine. I think it's, it, there's going to be a real lost opportunity there. Um, and especially if you're in the U S and depending on where you are in the country, two things, register to vote 
and make sure you are set up for mail uh, to, to do mail voting or absentee voting. Because around November, during the time that the, the spike might be up again, right? So don't wait. That That is something that we can do. I think I'm going to end it there. Thanks, everyone. This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. You can apply to our free and secret Facebook community. You can learn more about ADHD Rewired's intensive online video-based coaching and accountability groups and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. While you're there, click the Patreon button. If you're a regular listener and you're still listening to my voice, consider making a monthly contribution by becoming a patron through our Patreon page. If you are able to financially support my work, it would mean a lot. This show is free to listeners, but it is not free to produce. And patrons get really cool perks. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tibbers. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ADHD Rewired. If you're a coach, therapist, or related professional, connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash Eric Tibbers. You can also subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube. And you can subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube and see select interviews and some other videos I've posted. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends and your family and your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. And if you're a coach, therapist, doctor, or ADHD support group leader, and you would like a pack of podcast postcards to hand out, you can request those at my website, ADHDrewired.com. And if you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, please be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone. You know, you might be the person that turns somebody on to a podcast for the very first time. And if you really love this episode, please consider hitting share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things that you can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, or any other podcast app that accepts ratings and reviews. And don't forget to hit subscribe on this podcast on your podcast app so new episodes are automatically pushed to your favorite podcast app. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Not sure where to start? In no particular order. Check out Atomic Habits by James Clear, The Body Keeps Score by Bessel von der Kolk, 10% Happier, and Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics 
These are both by Dan Harris. Change your questions and change your life by Marilee G. Adams. The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Do you have trouble asking for help? Listen to The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. It's one of the best produced audiobooks I've ever heard. If you're looking for something a little bit more, say, magical, I unexpectedly fell in love with the Harry Potter series. And I don't usually listen to those kinds of books. And I loved it. And of course, if you haven't yet boarded the Brene Brown bus yet, check out Brene Brown's books, starting with The Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, The Power of Vulnerability, And if you're an entrepreneur or a leader in any capacity, check out her 2018 book, Dare to Lead. And Brene still is my most wanted guest. So if you know Brene, you would be so kind to make that connection for me. I would be really, really grateful. You know who else I would like to have on the show? You. Click the podcast tab at ADHDrewired.com and then click the Be a Guest button at the top of that page and schedule a 15-minute pre-interview. This is Eric Tibbers reminding you to keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. Self-care is not selfish, and no matter what gets done or doesn't get done, at the end of the day, you are still enough. And no matter how hard it feels, we can do hard things. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next week.